It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Here we go, Las Vegas. It is 2 o'clock Central Time, noon Pacific. This is Nighttime at Noon on this beautiful Friday, May the 21st, 2021. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless speaking to you from high above rinkside in St. Paul, Minnesota. Gary, this, I believe, is the first remote edition of Nighttime at Noon, where we are on site for one of these programs. We were in the studio last week, and the programs have emanated from uh, Summerlin and City National Arena. But here we are in the rink. Uh, There's no practice or anything happening on the ice other than some maintenance. (laughs) The biggest event in St. Paul this morning was my ride to the arena. Your ride to the arena. Now, the way you you phrase that, one might assume you, you... Took a cab or an Uber or a bus or maybe even a train. I walked out of the hotel lobby, and there were one of those Lime scooters. And they make it so easy. I downloaded the app, and it it just says, do you want to use your Apple Pay? I said, yes. Boom. I was on the thing in a a minute, channeling my inner Sage Salmons. He rides around them. Shane Knight uses them, too. And before I knew it, I was like Gila Fleur, the wind flowing through my hair. Wait. Um, it was the funniest and scariest moment of the season, all wrapped up in one. But I'm here and safe, and I'm going to talk you into going to jumping on one on the way back to the back to the hotel. I fear for all pedestrians on the streets of St. Paul, Minnesota. Take cover, duck, look over your shoulder before you cross the street. Gary's coming by on a scooter. Taking the town by storm, as the Golden Knights did yesterday, Gary, it was not a good start. It was a 2 nothing Minnesota lead, and I believe the phrase that we used on the broadcast was dead in the water, the way the Knights were playing. And then, second period, Mark Stone, the captain, scores a goal, and everything changes. It's interesting. I went back and kind of looked at certain parts of the game, and the, the it's being phrased as a slow start, and it appeared that way to you and I from up above. And when you say it's slow start, it means the whole team. Whole team didn't slow start. Start slow. And we talked a lot about Riley Smith sure and how he was good right from the start. There were just a few players I think that weren't ready to go. They missed some assignments early. Uh, they weren't as competitive as they needed to be early. And that really kind of that can have a big effect on an entire team. And uh, when they did all get on the same page in that regard. Uh, they were a lot better. I listened to Dean Evason talk about it this morning, and he was, you know, um, basically the the shots for his his team was was way ahead on the shot clock up until like the 30 minute mark of the game, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, the fourth line had a good shift, drew a penalty, they got a bunch of. Uh, a shot on that penalty, and it just it the the momentum switched, and bang, it was all Vegas after that. And now the the real interesting thing here is, you know, Vegas has an opportunity to really put the Wild in a bad spot and and, and have a chance to go home and win uh, in Vegas on on Game Five if they were able to to take care of business tomorrow. And so Minnesota, they they can't get into that situation. They will be desperate. And how will Vegas be able to carry on what they what they built on yesterday? And uh, Pete DeBoer, he addressed um, a few things, you know, taking Nick Hag out. Uh, obviously, they had to put Brown in because of the nose injury. The Hag in, in 
taking Hague out was based on, I've got depth. The guy looks a little fatigued to me. I'm going to put Holden in. And it really paid dividends. Will Pete DeBoer tinker that way again? Will he go back to Hague? And would it keep keep Holden in and take somebody else out for for a night? They had to play hard down the stretch. That you know, uh, now they're in the midst of a series travel. All of those things, guys do get tired. And if you have good players with fresh legs, it's a it's a smart idea to insert them. So all of those questions will be addressed on today's program. We'll hear from. Pete DeBoer. We'll hear from Nick Holden, from Alec Martinez, each of those people speaking with the media earlier today. We will also have, Gary, a live guest, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. Brian McCormick will join us just after the bottom of the hour to talk about HSK and the Silver Knights and the Pacific Division playoff tournament that they are starting up. So we'll check in with Brian just after 1230. Again, this is nighttime at noon. For uh, the program emanating in St. Paul, it is just after 2 o'clock Central Time. So if I uh, report the wrong time, we're off by a couple of time zones, uh, you'll understand why. Again, it is a 2-1 to series lead for Vegas, having trailed the series 1-0. They have won games 2 and 3 and now have the edge in the best of seven series. They have taken back home ice, coming back from a 2-0 deficit in game 3, a 5-2 to victory last night here in St. Paul. So that's all coming up. And I'll bring it to you this way, Gary. We talk so much about the first goal and coming out of the gate and all of the the general descriptions that you'd like to see. How about this? The team that has started well has lost each of the three games. Yeah, interesting. Eh? Vegas started the first game well, outshot Minnesota 19-4 first period of game one. There was only one goal, and it came in overtime for Minnesota. Minnesota had the good start and scored first in the second period in each of the uh, in game two and then scored a couple of goals in the first period game three. And somehow, once Vegas got that first goal on their side, it was Marcia so game two, Stone in game three, Tables began to turn, and I'm not sure that there is a, a, a game with two more distinct halves than what we saw in Game 3. But it, it is curious, head-scratching to a degree, that the team that has started better has lost each of the three games. It, it, certainly it is interesting, and I think both coaches will point to, uh, certainly Pete DeBoer will say to his team, we haven't even played a good game yet. We, we've had pieces. We have not played our best game not by any stretch of the, imagina- of the imagination. Flurry kept them in that game last night and a, a challenge. Boy, the playoffs are fun. Like, everything just gets magnified. It's it, that, that challenge, that, if that goal goes, if that goal counts, it's probably a different story. Like, I saw Nick Holden and Alec Martinez on their Zoom call this morning. Nick Holden wearing a goofy shirt, and the two of them were laughing and 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 really enjoying the moment that doesn't happen if that if they lose that challenge so uh yeah no it's uh, the starter is certainly a really interesting trend that you that you quite rightly point out and uh, Pete DeBoer, you know they're they're not on the ice today i'm not sure what uh, what the golden knights will do uh, Dean Evison addressed that, saying he gave his team the day off and expects them to show up at the rink tomorrow with smiles on their faces and ready to to you know address the next challenge, Game Four in this series. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens next. This has been a really interesting 
three chapters so far of this seven-chapter book. It was the first time that Vegas had won in this building in regulation. They had a shootout victory here a couple years back, an overtime victory when they last visited St. Paul just a couple of weeks ago, but they had not won in regulation, and it did not look like that was going to happen halfway through the game. It was Ryan Hartman, then Joel Eriksson-Eck in the first period, and then you talk about that disallowed goal, the one that was taken off the board, beat to board, challenging for offside, and it did come off the board. And there was also a, a penalty kill that Mark Stone touched on that helped garner some momentum, at least take a little bit away from Minnesota going into the intermission. It looked like more of the same to start the second period, but then Mark Stone scores that goal from Stevenson and McNabb. Then the next shift, there's a great sequence with the fourth line. Draw the penalty. They didn't score on the power play with Cole in the box for tripping, but they had that edge, that momentum. Patrick Brown from Nick Holden and Will Carrier at 15-19. Riley Smith from Nick Holden and Will Carlson at 17-33. And neither Patrick Brown or Nick Holden had played since early April. Not in the American League, not in the NHL. Brown was injured. Holden's been on the taxi squad. They've been practicing, of course, with the club recently was something that Pete DeBoer touched on going into the playoffs. It might be the big guys, like your Marcia So, your Stone, your Fleury, but so often those players come out of nowhere. And I don't suppose that too many folks had penciled in Nick Holden and Patrick Brown uh, as those contributors when the series began, because they didn't play in the first two games. And the other part of it is, Gary, and we talked about this a little bit last night, when we saw Cody Glass get called up, with the injury to Tomas Nosek, we knew he would not be available for Game 3. Glass gets promoted. I suppose a lot of Golden Knights fans expected, all right, here he is again, Cody Glass. Put him in there and see what he can do. And that was not the choice that Pete DeBoer made. He decided to go with Patrick Brown. What did you think about that? Well, I liked it, and I thought that, you know, we've been watching Patrick Brown work for a while uh, in the – sort of in the shadows of the Golden Knights. Uh, he's out there before practice, stays stays for practice, stays long after practice. Uh, you know, I think he earned his opportunity, and I, I think he's a safe player. Uh, I would like to see Cody Glass in the lineup. I'm, I I do believe that there, uh, you know, there are other tweaks that could be made to this lineup. I don't think that Cody's a defensive liability if, uh, if that's um, something that, People want to lean towards. He's a smart player. He's a, he's gotten bigger and he's gotten some confidence playing of late with the uh, with the Silver Knights. So uh, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that Cody's legs wouldn't be another pair I'd want to put into this lineup. Uh, uh, not at the cost of Brown. I'd have Brown back in there again, um, but uh, a little more speed maybe in that bottom of the lineup because the. The Wild have size and speed, and they, uh, at times, early last night, the Golden Knights didn't seem like they could handle it. Patrick Brown with a goal in his first playoff game this year. He had played 13 games all year, four for Vegas, and nine in the American League with Henderson early on, then the injury. Remember, he had played two games in the bubble last year, scored a goal, and uh, don't forget, he had also played in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Carolina Hurricanes a couple years back. So to, to step right in from being a captain in the American League, as he was with the Charlotte Checkers, team that won a Calder Cup, and then he jumps into the Stanley Cup playoffs, yep. he's now done it a few years in a row. Well, you know what you're getting, and he's he's predictable. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to make a mistake. The offense is 
you know, obviously that's just a, like, that's a huge bonus. Patrick Brown is not going to score in every playoff game or every other playoff game that, that he plays in. He's just not that type of a player. But he'll work hard on the forecheck. He'll take care of his defensive responsibilities. If, he, if, if he's on the wall or if he has a chance to get the puck out, he's going to get it out. That's uh, uh, he, he's hard on everything that he does. There's just a lot to like about him. There are little plays that don't make the highlight yeah. real. We talk about it with Mark Stone. You watch him every night and you get the greater appreciation beyond his 61 points and everything he does that does make the highlight real. Patrick Brown did a number of little things and, and other guys, too. But Brown, most notably, because he hadn't played in so long. Also, Nick Holden back in. We're going to hear about Nick and from Nick here in just a moment. We'll have some reaction from Pete DeBoer, from Nick Holden, from Alec Martinez, speaking with the media earlier today. And again, it was a 5-2 come-from-behind victory for Vegas last night. Trailed to nothing after one. Scored three in the second, two in the third, and beat Cam Talbot and the Wild 5-2 and have a 2-1 best-of-sevens series lead here in the first round. And Game 5 is, uh, pardon, Game 4 is Saturday here in St. Paul. Game 5 is Monday back in Las Vegas. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll check in with those players, as mentioned, and uh, we might listen to uh, a little bit of how the broadcast sounded last night. We had fun talking about it, uh, so we might uh, go back and revisit some of those special moments from last night. Brian McCormick will join us just after 12.30, chat about the American Hockey League, the Silver Knights, and uh, I wonder if um, Brian had any thoughts on some of these younger players making the step up. He saw them when uh, he was uh, in San Antonio, the organization where Brian was, the organization that is now the Silver Knights, had been the San Antonio Rampage. So Brian got to see a lot of these players in the American League when the Chicago Wolves were the Golden Knights affiliate. So we'll check in on all of that. First, we'd like to tell you about City National Arena, which is, of course, located in downtown Summerlin. It's the official practice facility of the Vegas Golden Knights. You can bring the family down to learn how to skate like the pros. And for hours and programming, their website is citynationalarena.com. That is City National Arena in downtown Summerlin, right by Red Rock. And, of course, the official practice facility of the Vegas Golden Knights, citynationalarena.com. Coming to you live from St. Paul, Minnesota, high above ringside at XL Energy Center. Gary Lawless alongside. I'm Dan Duva. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. McNabb ahead on the left wing. Stevenson to the middle. Stone scores! Chandler Stevenson from the left wall. Put it in front. And there's the captain, Mark Stone, from between the circles. Rips it by the goaltender, Cam Talbot. And all of a sudden, Gary, it's a one-goal game. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming up on 12-18 Pacific Time, Dan Duva, Gary Lawless speaking to you from St. Paul, Minnesota, where the Golden Knights defeated the Minnesota Wild last night 5-2. The goal you just heard from Mark Stone was his first of the playoffs, and it was the first goal of the contest for the Knights. They scored four more, Brown, Smith, Carlson, and Stone again in a 5 to victory. Well, Gary, the comments that Patrick Brown gave to us after the second period, he joined us live on the broadcast, and he spoke to us about the first intermission. Patrick, you asked, what was said in the room? And his response was, I thought, uh, it piqued a little bit of an interest. Yeah, he talked, he said that, uh, you know, Mark Stone had some things to say, and then Robin Leonard. 
got up and had some things to say. And um, uh, my, it's interesting from a goalie's perspective because Robin probably could have said to his teammates, Flowers doing all he can, but if you don't play in front of him, it's going to be six, seven, nothing. You guys got to help him out. And uh, also, my, I, you know, Robin is a he he's a different guy, but I think he's a really good teammate, and I think he would have, uh, I think he would have had some uh, some positive things to say to his group as well about you know how they were a, a brotherhood and how they had come so far together, and now they needed to stick together and and play together. Was echoed by Riley Smith after the game. He said there are a lot of people in that room who can speak up. And Mark Stone has taken that mantle, of course, with the C on his sweater. Robin Leonard, you know, he's one of the newer guys on the team. And he's not even playing in the game, but we've come to know that personality. And he has as much passion as anybody in that room. And, of course, it required not only Stone, but then some players that we didn't expect in the lineup to contribute and after Stone scored at 8.39, there was a great shift for the fourth line, drew a penalty. Vegas power play did not score, and at that point, 0 for 3. But shortly thereafter was a contribution from a couple of players who we have not seen since early April. Here's cut two. Cross-size pass, Reeves finds Holden. Banks it off the boards, out in front, and they score! Holden banked it off the boards, and off the goal line, Patrick Brown was there. Holden does this on purpose, Dan. How about that, Gary? (laughs) Holden hasn't played since April, and nor has Brown. And there is what amounted to the game-tying goal. And then just a few moments later, with, again, Nick Holden on the ice, hasn't played since early April, had two assists all year. Here's another contribution from Nick in cut three. White Cloud with the puck, got it ahead for Smith, to the point, Holden cuts in, he shoots, knocked down a shot, Smith, they score! Vegas takes the lead! Nick Holden put it towards the net, it rattled around, and somehow it got by Talbot. Uh, It's Nick Holden with two assists in the second period, equaling his season total, and with all of that, uh, Smith is there, you talked about Riley and doing the little things, and it's uh, it's putting it into words for Nick Holden to contribute in that way. The wisdom of years, uh, more than just the assist, but Nick getting back in the lineup, one of the more popular guys in the room. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you could see uh, the joy that uh, Holden had when he got to participate and the way his teammates were mobbing him uh, and celebrating. You know, that's, again, you know, you, you talk about – Game three of a season in Columbus on a Tuesday night. Uh, uh, that's one thing to have a big performance. Game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, in the first round with uh, a huge audience paying attention. Uh, it's uh, it's how it's how people make their names. And Patrick Brown. A lot of people were saying, "Who's Patrick Brown?" Prior to yesterday, and and maybe even the same Holden's a veteran, but a lot more people found out about these two guys last night. Yeah, and with all of that, today Nick Holden and Alec Martinez spoke to the media. I want to start with cut nineteen, and this is a little bit of a longer listen, but it's not too often you hear a player articulate his thoughts about a teammate in this way, especially with him sitting right next to you. Here's cut nineteen. Alec Martinez talking about Nick Holden. I mean, it's awesome. Um, I talked to him a little bit last night about it. Uh, he's a guy that, um, you know, the since I've been here, I've, 
developed a, a friendship with and a, and a relationship, as you can probably tell us being kind of idiots at this <laughs> press conference. Uh, but, um, you know, he truly is a, a consummate professional. I mean, he's, he's been dealt a hand this year that, um, you know, with all the, the cap things and um, that is, uh, is a pretty difficult situation to, to be confronted with. Um, you know, he's, he's handled it with, with grace and professionalism. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of guys that I've played with uh, in my career um, that wouldn't have handled it the way that he did. Um, you know, and I guess I'm, uh, I'm really impressed and, and honored to be a teammate of his um, in the way that he's, he's handled it. And then last night to come in um, and perform the way he did. And I mean, I know that he got two assists and, and contributed offensively, but uh, he did, he, he contributed all over the ice, um, you know, blocking shots, playing, playing strong defensive hockey, making plays. Um, and that's, I mean, it's basically something that we all know that he can do and uh, to get an, an opportunity like this to do it in the playoffs and come up big and contribute that way is, is just a testament to him and, and his, his, his character and, um, you know, really his hard work and, and mental fortitude to, to stay strong during this and, uh, you know, put himself in the best possible position that he can to perform well in the playoffs. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of him. There you go. So there is Alec Martinez. Now, that was quite sincere, Gary. The press conference was not without some, shall we say, goofiness. <laughs> because here in uh, a little bit earlier in the same press conference, Alec was asked a question about Marc-Andre Fleury. But before he answered the question, he had a, an entire comment directed towards Nick Holden. This is cut 17 again. Here is Alec Martinez like to give a, a shout out to this guy he said it was it was fun and um last night i think it's only fitting that he's wearing a disney goofy shirt uh right now in, in a press conference but uh nice um uh back to your question um stop it there <laughs> alec martinez is is talking about a t-shirt that nick holden was wearing and it was a running joke throughout the press conference gary of you know, these guys are often wearing suits and ties. After a game, they look buttoned up. Here it was not a practice day. It was not a game day. And Nick Holden is there wearing a baseball cap and a black Disney T-shirt with Goofy on it. And it was a running gag throughout the entire press conference and a little bit of levity there to Alec Martinez. Before any other things were discussed, he was first going to talk about that T-shirt. Well, we did a player survey a couple of years ago. And I got to, you know, go and ask the players a bunch of different questions. You know, which guy would you borrow a power tool from? Uh, which guy uh, has the worst potty mouth? Uh, and one of the questions, <laughs> one of the questions was, which guy is the most fun after a couple of drinks? And Mark Andre Fleury said, "Well, it's Holdy." But he doesn't need any drinks. Like he just walks into the dressing room, and all of a sudden he starts dancing. And it's infectious. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like a Tuesday before practice, and there's four or five of us shaking it down in the dressing room. And it's just because Nick has that kind of uh, – he's uh, just a great a great guy to have on a team. He is a good player. Uh, obviously, the Golden Knights signed Alex Petrangelo, um, and that 
you know, made it necessary for uh, some of the younger players who are on smaller contracts to play. And even when there were, uh, because of the way the injuries went down this year, there were times when Holden, there was room in the lineup for Holden, but he couldn't play because of the cap. And he just handled it all seamlessly. Pete DeBoer spoke to this point exactly, Gary. This is Cut 10, head coach Pete DeBoer earlier today, talking about the team's embracing of Nick Holden. Well, you know, exactly what I just said. He's a popular guy, and uh, you couldn't ask uh, for a better pro how he handled everything he went through this year. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a man with a young family and, uh, you know, signed here, ended up on waivers at one point. So, you know, dealt, dealt with a lot of different things that were out of his control and handled them impeccably well. And, uh, you know, he, he is right at the top of the list for popularity in our room, you know, both as a, as a person and, uh, and, and a respect factor for, for how he ha he's handled his situation. So I think there was a lot of guys pulling for him last night, and he was great. There's Pete DeBoer talking about Nick Holden, and I think the notable part of that clip, Gary, is Pete DeBoer talking about a number of guys, if not the entire team, pulling for Nick Holden and also pulling for Patrick Brown, but Holden's played in 500 NHL games, not to mention 41 career playoff games. He started in the American League, not unlike a number of young Golden Knights. It took Holden a few years to get up to the NHL and to stick. And he has changed franchises a few times now as well, a few years with the Golden Knights and is under contract for one more year. But I can't help but think about things aren't going well for a team. Somebody who hasn't had the opportunity to play, who's clearly not going to take the opportunity for granted, Hey, we've got to play well. So, you know, for Nick, for, for yeah, Patrick, you know, absolutely. it's like you're looking around the room like, wouldn't it be a shame if we don't play well? Nick hasn't had this chance in a month and a half to play a game, and now this is how we're, we're going about our business? That's just not fair to Nick. Well, they didn't start that way. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, let's be fair. Nick had to find his legs, too. When you haven't played a game in a month and a half, you can practice and condition all you want. He had to find his timing and his game as well, and he did eventually. Yeah, I, I like Nick. He threw a big hit early. I think that could yes. have got, got him. Yes, it's exactly right. There were a couple of moments where you could see, you know, he hadn't really played with Zach Whitecloud in a long time. They were a pair is a, a defensive pair in the bubble, but, you know, just sort of figure out some of the positioning there. And just interesting stuff. And that uh, that team camaraderie, we only get a little taste of it. The guys in the room know what it's like. But uh, you heard from Pete DeBoer, uh, on the list of most popular guys in the room, Nick Holden, uh, is right there among them. Yep. So with that, we are going to step aside once more. When we come back, we're going to check in with the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick talking about the Henderson season and also this uh, different playoff scenario. They will not award a Calder Cup this year, two years in a row, that there will be no Calder Cup final in the American League. But there is still going to be a Pacific Division tournament that is uh, taking place now. So we'll check in with Brian about that. So stand by for Brian McCormick, the voice of the Silver Knights, will be with us in just a few moments. We can also tell you about the Golden Knights team stores Check out all the Golden Knights gear online at VegasTeamStore.com. VegasTeamStore.com. You can also go to the official store locations. The Armory at T-Mobile Arena. The Arsenal in City National Arena. And of course, you got the Livery at Lifeguard Arena. you got the store at McCarran International Airport. It's all online, too. VegasTeamStore.com. 
Again, Dan Duva here with Gary Lawless speaking to you from high above rinkside in St. Paul, Minnesota. No practice, no game today, just this very special remote edition of Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Tipped it down low. Here's a feed to the middle on a backhand from Zuccarello. Cleared down and in! It's an empty net goal and Vegas leads 5-2 with a minute to play. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Partially true, this is Nighttime at Noon. We are coming to you from high above rinkside in St. Paul, Minnesota today. Our first remote edition of Nighttime at Noon at XL Energy Center, the home of the Minnesota Wild. Dan Duva here with Gary Lawless. Talking Golden Knights, winners yesterday 5-2 in Game 3 and lead the best of seven first-round series, two games to one, Game 4 tomorrow. Game 5 back in Vegas on Monday. There is, Gary, another professional hockey team embarking on a postseason. They are the Silver Knights, Pacific Division champs in the regular season, just wrapped it up on Sunday and now they'll embark on the postseason. And to talk all about the Henderson Silver Knights, their broadcast voice, Brian McCormick, joining us live. Brian, hello, good afternoon. How's it going? I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully you guys are settling in in Minnesota. Right off the bat, Brian, uh, tell us about the season Patrick Brown had with the Silver Knights and the kind of guy uh, and player he is, and were you surprised that he had such an impact on last night's Golden Knights game? You know, Gary, not not surprised because uh, Patrick Brown is always ready when called upon. Uh, and I think one of the most impressive things about uh, Brownie this year was when he was healthy and when he was a fixture in the first third of the season for the Silver Knights, oftentimes he was bouncing back and forth during the week between the Silver Knights and the Vegas taxi squad. So he'd play a game, he'd go up to the taxi squad for three or four days, and then he'd come back morning of a game and be like, okay, he's in tonight. Uh, and he would just seamlessly jump in and, and be productive, uh, which I think shows last night, when called upon, jumped in and, and went right to it. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that uh, a player like him provides and that the, the Golden Knights have is they've got depth. Uh, and usually when we talk about depth, sometimes we're talking about how, oh, you know, the, the top line can hurt you, but the fourth line can hurt you too. There's also positional depth in the sense that you've got a couple of guys capable of jumping in and, uh, you know, filling in a gap that Thomas Nosek would uh, provide, for for example. You know, if you have a 30- or 40-goal scorer and you ask him to jump in and play at that kind of level, that might be a little unfair. Uh, as there, there's cobwebs that are going to need to be knocked off before they can get back to their elite level. But if you have a player whose everyday job is, hey, I need you to grind, work hard, make life miserable, and be positionally sound, and we saw last night for Patrick Brown in the right place at the right time, uh, that's something that I think any player can dust off quickly if it's something that they're predisposed to, to doing. So uh, Patrick Brown is a hard worker. He's a responsible player, and he is always where he's supposed to be. Uh, I think last night we saw exactly that, and he cashed in a goal that uh, really turned the tide for the Golden Knights last night. One more before we get to the Pacific Division playdown. Uh, Cody Glass has been with the Silver Knights for for a while and uh, now is back uh, on the Golden Knights roster. What did you see in Cody when he arrived and what did you see in him by the time he was ready to to by the time he was recalled? Yeah, I mean Gary, you know what he does well. Everyone knows what he does well. He moves the puck, he has great vision, he he skates well in, in open space. One of the things that Manny Viveros wanted to do with with Cody Glass when he got him is he said I'm going to use him in all situations. 
because obviously you want to get Cody Glass ice time. That's one of the reasons why he's in the was in the AHL. But it was also to uh, to impose himself on the penalty kill at five on five. You know, he was getting top line minutes, but being a uh, given given an opportunity to, to be a menace, really. Uh, and I think that was one of the more fascinating things we saw was Cody Glass, especially when working with Gage Quinney uh, in a penalty killing role. Not only you know exercising good judgment and then playing well defensively and honing that part of his game, but they were a shorthanded threat all the time because with a five on four, there's more room on the ice. You may not like the circumstances of there being more room on the ice, but there's more room nonetheless. And uh, the, the quick break transition opportunities that Glass and then Quinney uh, were able to execute together was was really dangerous all the time. So I, I think for Cody Glass, it was an opportunity to, to prove himself. I'm sure there was a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, but his attitude was terrific. Uh, but he got an opportunity to, to run things and to dominate and, and uh, to, I, I think, push himself in certain roles that he wouldn't have been seeing at the NHL level. So I'm sure he's ready when called upon now. Uh, to exercise that again, and uh, again to uh, to have that confidence of playing in space when he can create it for himself. Brian McCormick is our guest, broadcast voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. I'm Dan Duva with Gary Lawless. It's nighttime at noon, coming to you from St. Paul. Well, before we talk about the upcoming playoff games against San Jose, and those will be in Las Vegas, by the way, regular season, Brian, there are five divisions in the American League. Some teams played as many as, what, 39 games. Some teams played as few as, like, 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up with Henderson on top of the Pacific Division. Wonky, in a word, I suppose. What was <laughs> what was your experience like, and can you give us a synopsis on how Henderson's season undulated from start to finish? You know, I, I think Wonky's a good word for it, Dan. And I think, you know, uniquely, and, and you look at the uh, the division that had the most uh, unusual circumstances, you're looking at the Northeast and you're looking at the Canadian divisions with some long pauses. Uh, but, but I think everyone's really just thrilled when you look at look backwards at this season. It happened. You know, that wasn't necessarily a sure thing when things started because the COVID situation was still rather precarious. But uh, despite some teams had a different path than others, you know, the, the season happened and, and was legitimate, and that's uh, to, to be commended. Um, in the Pacific, you think about it, really, I, I think that was one of the most normal divisions, the Pacific mm-hmm. Division, in terms of a relatively traditional setup. Uh, tons of, of divisional hockey, but uh, this is a playoff that kind of feels appropriate because these two teams have all been beating the heck out of each other for the last two months, so they might as well uh, come to some sort of uh, closure amongst themselves. Right, uh, and Brian, the, yeah, at least there were seven teams in the Pacific Division, as right. opposed to what the Atlantic had three, right? The Atlantic had Providence, Hartford, Bridgeport, and that's it. Oh, so, boy. Uh, I, I, we know the original six only had six, uh, and they weren't playing 82 games back in the day. And there were times the American League had single-digit number of teams, but holy cow, this day and age, that's so bizarre. Uh, but you talk about you know the, the Barracuda here as the opponent. Can you give us an understanding of how this playoff is coming together because I mentioned there's no Calder Cup this year. The Pacific Division alone is having a postseason. Can you help us understand how and why and and what's coming up? Yeah, so the uh, San Jose is the opponent. The Barracuda won the play-in tournament. Kind of, I guess not all that uh, dissimilar to what the NBA is doing right now, but four, five, six, and seven seeds in the Pacific. They had a uh, single elimination play-in, San Jose on top. And now we'll do traditional best of three for semis and finals, uh, Bakersfield and San Diego playing in, in the other one. But, um, you know, it's, it's a San Jose team that 
like everybody else in this division, the Silver Knights have seen a good amount of eight games this season. Silver Knights won six of the eight. They won all four at the Orleans. Um, but it's a, it's a feisty San Jose team that has just found a way to stay competitive. If, if you look at their roster, the San Jose Sharks exercise the, uh, the playground in the AHL. They took their top players and they gave them an NHL taste, and then they sent some of them to the, to the Worlds. So Joachim Blickfeld, Alexander True, Leon Bergman, Sasha Shemilevsky, some of their big producers, they're not here right now unless there's a, a last-minute change. Um, mm. But they found a way to fight through the playoff, uh, the, the play-in, and now we, we get ready for a three-game series. And I think one of the interesting things, Danny and Gary, is any three-game series is an opportunity for goaltending to absolutely take over. I expect we're going to see Logan Thompson tonight. I expect we're probably going to see Yosef Kojanash on the other side. Uh, and if this is a goaltending duel kind of weekend, uh, that uh, offers the potential for a whole lot of fun. So you got the the starts today. I mean, it's it's a few games here in the next few days. Uh, what what are the the times and how can people watch and listen, Brian? Yeah, Dan. So at the uh, games tonight is game one. Game two will be Sunday at one p.m. Tonight's game is at seven. Uh, and then game three, if necessary, will be Monday uh, at 1 p.m. All games are on 12.30 the game on your radio dial. Sunday's game will be on the CW Las Vegas televised. Mike McKenna will join. Uh, we'll have Scott Housen in the building Sunday as well. The president of the AHL will speak with him. Uh, and all games are also available uh, streaming on AHL TV. Yeah, and, and, of course, you know, Scott's in his first year. Talk about a tall order. A, you replace a legend in the American League in Dave Andrews. Oh, and by the way, you've got to do it amidst an international pandemic. <laughs> and Dave Andrews being uh, inducted into the AHL Hall of Fame was just uh, announced as well, and that's certainly not a surprise. But, yes, uh, Scott Housing got the baptism by fire, and we're going to learn all about it on Sunday. I'm sure he'll be happy to share as he uh, celebrates a postseason play in what was overall a successful AHL campaign. Dan and I are both uh, American Hockey League graduates and uh, uh, really enjoyed our time in the league and understand how important it is. That Dave Andrews announcement, he will be the only person inducted this year. It won't yep. be a class. It will be Dave Andrews and Dave Andrews alone, sort of Dave Andrews Day. And uh, uh, I would imagine that they'll have to rename, they'll have to name a trophy after him. That that league was so close to, to financial peril in the 90s when he took it over and uh, he, uh, he merged with the old IHL, brought in Grand Rapids, Chicago, Winnipeg, Milwaukee, uh, Houston, brought them in from the IHL. Uh, Kansas City, I believe, came over at first as well, maybe not, uh, and you know, breathed new life into the league, changed the way they did business, and it really made it a modern league, and uh, and it's you know fantastically. Go ahead, Dan. And of course, orchestrated just a few years ago, the entire shift west. Yes. And all these yep. teams that we're now talking about. I mean, Brian, of course, you were in San Antonio, but there were none, none of these teams were in California. I mean, the the Ontario Reign were the Manchester Monarchs, the San Diego Gulls were the Norfolk Admirals, and there was some shuffling between the ECHL and the AHL, and we could have a whole discussion about that. And I'm sure it'll come <laughs> up, uh, Brian, with with you and your broadcast coming up in the next few days. But I, I guess my my point in all that is, if not for the AHL's migration west, and I think back, L.A. Dodgers, San Francisco Giants, if only the Dodgers had moved west in the 1950s, it wouldn't have worked. You needed multiple teams to go out there. So because of that league transition to the West Coast in the American League, that's why the Silver Knights can exist. 
If there were yep. no other teams out here, it simply would not have been feasible. Last thing, Brian, uh, wrapping it up here, Brian McCormick, our guest, Henderson, Silver Knights broadcaster. Gary and I could tell AHL stories all day. We know you've been in pro hockey here for a while, but first season in Henderson, if there is a story, whether it's hockey directly or something away from the rink, uh, what do you think will be a, a story to put in your book one day from your first season calling Henderson Silver Knights games? Oh, geez. That's, you know, that's tough on the spot because usually there's more stories this year uh, just because of the COVID protocols. It's been pretty much the rink, the hotel, and home. Uh, so, oh, boy. That's... I'm sorry. I'm going to be useless. There's there's no good knee slapper Paige Turner. If we have the this weekend, I don't have that for you, unfortunately. Yeah, if but, we have the but, Jeopardy theme song, we'd be playing it right now. How, how about uh, this? How, I, I I heard I, that. I'm realizing uh, just how uninteresting I've been this year. Well, just from the broadcast standpoint, Brian. Yeah. The gem of this year has really just been the, this coaching staff with Manny Viveros, Jamie Hewitt, Joel Ward, just such uh, accessible people uh, talking hockey, learning from them in a time when we haven't really been able to get away from each other because of the, the bubble circumstances. It's been really, really great company. And uh, those have been three tremendous teachers, but also very down-to-earth people that, uh, that enjoy talking hockey. So my, my favorite thing from this year, it's certainly not a, a, a wild adventure story, but my favorite thing for this year uh, has been getting to know this staff. Oh, that's great. I well, appreciate that, Brian. And we look forward to tuning in later this evening as the Silver Knights host the San Jose Barracuda. It's a best of three series, and uh, we'll be tuning in later on tonight. Brian, thanks very much for sharing some HSK insight, and have a great show today. Thanks for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Enjoy Minnesota. You bet. Gary's going to be buzzing around on his scooter again, so everybody in St. Paul, take cover. That's Brian McCormick, our guest here, voice of the Silver Knights. And again, uh, Henderson finished first place in the modified Pacific Division, and the Pacific Division playoffs beginning later today over at the Orleans, hosting the San Jose Barracuda. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless here, coming to you from St. Paul, Minnesota. We'll step aside once more. We'll wrap things up when we come back. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Picked up by Vegas, cleared out with five seconds to go. It tumbles and rolls on its end. There will be no icing. This game is over. Vegas puts up a five spot after trailing 2-0. And Vegas takes a 2-1 series lead against the Minnesota Wild. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. From St. Paul, Minnesota, it is 12.51 Pacific Time, Central Time, here for Dan and Gary. Shout out to our engineer in the booth, Wayne Seeley. Great to see you again, as always, Wayne. Wrapping things up, Vegas getting ready for Game 4 tomorrow. Game 5 back in Vegas on Monday. Well, Gary, in addition to the Golden Knights series against Minnesota, Vegas, of course, has the 2-1 to series lead. Some additional exciting hockey taking place all over the Stanley Cup playoffs. The North Division finally got involved. Let's start there. Montreal wins the game 2-1, to but there was perhaps a bigger headline surrounding John Tavares. Yeah, pretty early in the game, Ben Chirot steps up on Tavares, and uh, he goes to the ice, and Corey Perry is applying Brack back pressure and uh, he goes to jump over Tavares and his knee catches Tavares right in the face. Uh, Tavares is uh, immediately, uh, they signal for the stretcher. He's taken off the ice and 
uh, you know, a terrible injury. He spent the night in hospital. He just tweeted a little while ago that uh, he's at home now and thanked the folks at St. Mike's Hospital for the treatment and uh, said that, it, you know, he won't be back in the lineup anytime. Uh, he won't be back in the lineup for a while, but can't wait to get back in. Um, big loss for the Leafs. He's their captain, uh, one of uh, their best offensive players. And, uh, you know, they lost 2-1 in the game. I think it was hard for them to get back into it mentally. That'll be the big, the, it'll be a big battle for Sheldon Keefe to get his team turned around after that type of an injury. Winnipeg and Edmonton go again tonight. Winnipeg shut down Connor McDavid in the first game in that series. That's an interesting one. We're waiting still to hear about Colorado Avalanche forward Nazem Kadri. They play tonight. The Blues and the Avs play tonight, and he um, has a, a an in-person well, it's a Zoom hearing. There's no in-person hearings this year, but they call it in-person because it's it differentiates. If you have a telephone hearing, you can only get four games or less in terms of a suspension. If you have an in-person hearing, they can suspend you for five games or more. I I don't think he plays again in this series. It'll be interesting to see how the, how they do that because I don't think he should be able to just you know they're up two nothing in that series. It, if what if they sweep the Blues? It can't be a two game suspension. No, no, yeah, they won six to three, and you know Colorado might still have the edge in that series. But it's now been a few years, a, a few playoffs now where Nazem Kadri, of course, the first. The last couple were with the Maple Leafs. Now here it's happened again. Yeah, he hit Tommy Wingles in the head, and he got suspended uh, for that one. And then, it, like a, a year later, same series, they're playing the Bruins, and he cross checks Jake, Jake DeBrusque in the face, and he got uh, a bunch of games for that one. I think that was 2019. That suspension came down, and so uh, I was listening to Mike Babcock, who was his former coach in Toronto, talk about you know like it's amazing. Three playoffs in a row. Nazem Kadri is going to get suspended for, like, you'd think that you would, you know, hey, can't do this. Can't You're do this this type of thing. It's the playoffs because, you know, he's an important piece for Colorado. You take him out of that uh, out of that center ice position, whether it's, uh, I think he's been on the third line for, for most of this year. You take him out of there. And, well, I've had him as a second line center. Yeah, at times, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's been up and down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. more of late. Yeah, we saw yeah. him just recently. He was the second line center okay. when Vegas right. saw him. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a big hole out yeah. of the lineup. Mm-hmm. So those are the the... Unfortunate aspects, the injury slash suspension aspect, all this. By the way, Corey Perry, it seemed accidental. Yeah. It, uh, sure. So no suspension coming from that unfortunate injury to Tavares. The other series, wild. Penguins, Islanders, 6-5 uh-huh. was the Panthers over the Lightning. Tampa Bay still leads that series 2-1. to one. Pittsburgh leads the Islanders series two games to one. That was a 5-4. to four. I suppose, Gary, if there is a, um, a downside to us having to broadcast these games, it's that we don't get to watch every second of the other games no. <laughs> in real time because they're happening. Uh, we, of course, are talking about the game right in front of us, but th- these Stanley Cup playoffs, boy, even for the casual fan who might just tune in haphazardly, it's hard not to get hooked right now and the games uh, by the way today Bruins hosting the Capitals uh, that is uh, yeah Bruins Capitals coming up then you've got Hurricanes Predators and the Hurricanes uh, in their last game a uh, 3-0 shutout of Nashville trying to go up 3-zip in that series mentioned Winnipeg and Edmonton and then later tonight also Colorado and St. Louis as the Avs try to go up 3-zip game time Saturday 
Five o'clock. Five o'clock, you're back in Vegas. And what time does the pregame show start at? Saturday, well, Saturday it's five o'clock. Yes. Four o'clock pregame show. Yes. And then Perfect. Monday in Las Vegas. Yep. No, I'm, game, I'm Yeah, just, I know. You yeah, said yeah. in Las Vegas. That I threw meant me off. for the people that are listening in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yes. Game five will be in Las Vegas. Yeah. That'll be a 7.30 local start Monday. Yeah. But four o'clock pregame show, five o'clock puck drop. You and I will have it right here. On Saturday, indeed, as the Knights try to go up three games to one in the series. Big game. Big Team game. that takes a 2-1 series lead goes on to win 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Wayne Seeley, Jared Justice, Gary Lawless, Dan Duva saying so long from St. Paul and good day.